What is up, Clitorati? We got a lot of you writing in about our Justin Bieber Jr. episode where Sugar exposed a deep desire that came to life when she added a young lover to the mix of a dozen lovers at the time. And that new relationship energy, that NRE was intoxicating for all of us. So guess what? We brought him in the studio. So they have had a lot that they wanted to update our clitorati about and hop on the air to have a candid conversations about the peaks and valleys of living in the lifestyle and the communication tools that Sugar was able to use that apply to any relationship. Please welcome Will and Madison, a.k.a. Sugar. Well, hey there, Will. Madison, I hope you're ready because you're in the hot seat today, baby. Yeah, I'm very hot right now. We'll we'll be nicer to you. I'm just kidding. I got to say, I'm a little turned on to be like, ooh, they're both in the hot seats. I I know. It's like mine and yours turn, Katie, to be the naughty ones. Normally, it's me and Madison. Today, it's you and me, Katie. That's right. That's right. Amazing. Well, well, thank you so much for being here with us today. Um, you have been a fan favorite character and people have been dying to know who you are. So we have <laughs> the real Will here today. <laughs> thank you so much for being here. And sorry we named awful. you Justin Bieber Jr. <laughs> We'll I know. call you by your name now. He did not <laughs> like his nickname and was a decline for it. <laughs> we had to come up with so we had to start calling you something because we kept calling you like secret lover, or secret affair. I was like, you know, not secret, but all right. So let's jump right in. So, Will, we've heard that you find deep joy in just throwing yourself into the deep end and doing things that can be considered uncomfortable to some people. Is that why you decided to dip your toe into the polyamory? What had you start wanting to date a married woman? Yeah, so Madison and I met at a creative gathering, put on by one of my friends, and it was a music arts event. And um, the bottom line is, it's kind of funny, we look back, we were both walking up the hill. You know, we sort of parked our cars at the same time. We were walking up, we're like, oh, hey, oh, hey, didn't know each other, right? Show up to this event, start hanging around. And just like, we really just start dropping into some really deep connections. We're like, hey, there's some, uh, you know, there's some intimacy here. There's something going on. And then Sugar pulls out these like magical dancing bracelets, like these swinkies <laughs> that move up and down your arm. And she yeah. starts getting everybody to dance. I didn't really know myself to be big of a, uh, that big of a dancer. Um, but then, you know, she and I start dancing and it was just a, uh, there was just a connection there. And, you know, there was another girl there too. And then Mattis was like, hey, we're having a threesome. I was like, is this real life? And the one thing I made sure to do is make sure to get both of their numbers. Um, and then we had a sort of a follow-up uh, meeting the next Wednesday for a full moon at, at Sugar's Place. And it was just, a, it was a fun time from there. It was the smoothest start to any like relationship or friendship I've ever had. Okay, so you meet this dope girl at a creative gathering. She's got these magical bracelets. You're attracted to her. At what point did you find out she was married? And what was that moment like for you? What was going through your head? Yeah, you know, interestingly enough, I'm not sure one moment stands out to me, but it wasn't like the significant thing because I had spoken to Austin and I think he had briefed me. I was like, okay, got it. I didn't know what I was getting myself into at the time, for sure. However, when I had the conversation, I was like, okay, got it. And I sort of knew about people being poly. I had never, you know, been in communities myself. 
But it was like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm open to this. I didn't have a lot of judgment or sort of, you know, expectations coming into it. Mm. Okay. And so what did you, when, what did you think polyamory was before you really dipped your toe into it versus once you started getting your toe into it? Yeah, I think I probably recalled what I learned back in the uh, public education system around Romans <laughs> and people About having like, tw- oh, Mormons. Tw- tw- 12 wives and, you know, all that all that fun stuff. And that it's like illegal and that it's shunned upon. <laughs> I think that's the background of context. Our education system really makes sure to, to drill deep. Yeah. So, was, yeah. So, you're, so, so you're, so you're, okay. So you met, who did you meet first, Madison or Austin? I think I met I you guys we, both at the same time. Yeah. I think we did. Time. I think okay. it was both of us because I remember walking up the hill next to Austin, my husband, and and I'm like, oh, this is who's this person? And and I'm like in between, kind of the two of you. Like my partner was walking on one side of me, and you were walking on the other side of me. Okay, so it's like he meets Austin that night. Austin is like, yeah, we're polyamorous. You just like it just comes up a conversation. You, you know, I, I'm not sure it was like that sort of regimented. It was really more in flow. And that's sort okay, of what's okay. beautiful about it. And then okay. I remember there's one other thing is, you know, I'm, I'm not often, uh, I would say, you know, commonly understood. And sometimes when I'm in creative environments, I just sort of, you know, let myself go. And halfway through, Madison turns around and she's like, I just keep hearing someone say like all this dope shit. And every time I turn around, it's you. I'm like... Uh, is, am I going to be understood by somebody? Am I going to be seen Aww. by somebody? This is really cool. And so that was sort of the start of us, I think, starting to go deeper together one-on-one. Okay. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Amazing. All right. And so you're like, all right, I'm in. I, I met these really cool people. I'm going to try this polyamory thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I it's, it's always been interesting to me. You know, I'm at a stage of my life, I'm not looking to, to settle down right now. And so it's like, you know, these seem like some of the most cool people. And then the common thread is that they've done Landmark, right? They've done mm-hmm. team. I know they've done the personal development work. And I love hanging around people who have worked on themselves, just period. Does not matter what the t- like nature of the relationship is. If that person is yeah. also attracted to me and wants to bring me into their sexy, colorful, self-expressed world, you know, I'm not going to say no. I'm going to see what it's all about. <laughs> I love that sexy, wait, sexy, expressed, colorful world. I love that. That's great. It's a great description. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. So, <clears throat> so when Sugar came on the last episode, she was in definite like new relationship energy and there was like a specific thing. And we hear that you guys definitely have an update for us. Since the last episode we've done with Madison about her sharing about her new crush. What has transpired between the two of you? Where are you at now? Is that, has that new year relationship energy just like overflowed? Like what's the current status between the two of you? The words that's coming to my mind, Madison, is a uh, roller coaster. Does that resonate? <laughs> yes, indeed. You know. well, here, I remember when we first, when we first hung out, um, we had a date on the beach by Will's house and Will has an awesome place in Venice. And we just walked over to the sand. It was actually across the street from the house I grew up in with, with, with my dad. So it was very nostalgic for me to go on a date to this young lover's house, which was five houses down from the house I grew up in every other weekend. So I'm in this nostalgia. We go on the sand and we're just, we're having dinner on the beach and we're just chatting and we both declared that we really felt like we were each other's forever friends. Like we just knew we would be forever friends. And 
Will, you said it so beautifully. You were like, no matter, can you go ahead and share what you, what you said to me? I said, no matter what, no matter the ups or downs, no matter what might come about, right? Because it was very new to us. Like my commitment is to be your friend for the rest of your life and to create us to be very good friends, lifelong friends, no matter what, through, through any storm. Yeah. Wow. And I felt that was mutual, you know? So this is like the what, second, maybe the second date, actually, first or second date. And these words were exchanged. And, you know, this, this commitment to friendship was born. And that's the thing about polyamory. And I've shared about this on the show before, is that the journey of polyamory for me has become one of developing real authentic relationships with people who I may eventually have some sort of lovership. With Will, there was an immediate sexual curiosity and attraction. And, you know, there was this, the sexual part came before the friendship, but the friendship was declared right in the beginning. Like this knowingness that we would always be friends and there's more opportunities to get to know each other. And so three weeks into dating, we had actually set up in our calendar every Wednesday at 4 p.m. from 4 to 9 Pleasure positive development is what we titled it in our calendar. Will oh titled God. it. He titled it pleasure positive development. And so for three weeks in a row on Wednesdays, we were having these wonderful dates. And then I invited him to our epic deep forest party, Lindsay, that you throw. Well, wait, before we get to that, you still haven't told us your current status. <laughs> oh, um, the question was, where are you guys at now? Well, we are definitely inside of a friendship. We have not slept together since that third date before the Deep Forest party, I think it was, but okay. who's keeping track? So our <laughs> sexual friendship, our sexual side of our relationship, um, I would say hasn't been since, since the summer. Um, and since then, we've been in a very creative friendship. I mean, any event that I'm part of, Will's at any event that Will's part of, he invites me to. We have done really, we have been in a place of continuing to be in each other's lives at the capacity that which works for us, for us right now inside yeah. of being friends. Yeah. So, so let me ask you a question. So, so I guess your current, and I would say in the polyamory world, these questions are a lot more fluid, right? Than like, mm -hmm. it's very simple in traditional dating, right? You're either dating or you're broken up, right? It's pretty black and white for the most part, unless you're dating multiple people. But in polyamory, I would say there's, it's a bit more of a fluid answer. So is the, is it something where, do you have breakups inside of the polyamory world? Or is it always fluid? Like, did you guys have a breakup or is it just still like, is, is the conversation always there? Like, how does that work? We've been doing Clit Talk for a while now, over 200 episodes to date, and we have had an influx of new Clitorati, and we still have our consistent OG Clitorati tuning in every week. So we've created a free gift for you. It's called Clit Talk Cliff Notes, the no BS guide to self-pleasure and sexual intimacy. 
And we're really giving you our best highlight reel of sex tips. We have combined our top sex hacks to give you confidence, communication, orgasms, and the ability to take your pleasure game from zero to 100 real quick and blow any partner's mind in bed. Included in this banging free gift is two free audio trainings, self-pleasure is self-love, and our hottest sex tips. We also have unreleased episodes and a fan favorite from our Sex and Empowerment Signature Masterclass, an erotic visualization, and a video on orgasmic breathing. Oh, yeah. Mm. So to get a little taste of what we do here, you definitely want to sign up for Clit Talk Cliff Notes. Just go to clittalkshow.com backslash guide because clitorati it is possible to have quantum leaps in your sex and empowerment with simple and impactful shifts pussy pussy it's gonna be a good one today yes i'm talking about a clit talk clit talk clit talk talking about a clit talk clit talk clit talk come on girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow bring your pussies to the show Yeah, I think intentions and agreements um, can evolve. And they don't always evolve in just, you know, far apart. Um, sometimes they keep, have to keep evolving and then you keep evolving, you keep growing, and then you run into each other again, sort of in this different dimension where you're closer. Um, you know, at that deep forest party, that was almost like a, first of all, it was the deepest growth I've had over three days. Uh, massive, massive lessons. It take me hours and hours and hours to go through them all. <laughs> um, and inside of that, I think I finally, like, I think the tab finally came due where I saw just how much learning I had to do and surrounded by, you know, so many self-expressed people. I remember asking the question, like, I mean, how much sexy can you fit into a weekend? It's like, this is absurd. This is, this is amazing. Uh, but I basically came out of that and had not, nothing like went wrong per se, but there was just, I think, such a road of growth for me. And, and Madison, you know, you can speak to, to your growth that has come and taken me to places, taken me to Switzerland, taken me to Hawaii, taken me to just so much introspection and created myself to be somebody who's so like unrecognizable to who I was six or seven months ago that it's almost like inside the deep forest party. Uh, Madison and I both evolved into a different type of person and that type of person, like that side of our diamond, as I like to say, of our personality, wasn't necessarily attracted to each other in the same way it was before, but you mm, continue okay. to evolve, you continue. And, and, you know, we just had a powerful conversation, basically recanting this. And I, you know, it's kind of exciting where things are at now. And I think it really speaks to how, you know, holding space and keeping space does not mean drifting off. It actually takes a lot of intentionality and it takes having a bigger commitment, bigger than either one person, right? Like a commitment like lifelong friends to have mm-hmm. us stay in each other's worlds and not break up, not drift away from each other. So if I'm reading between the lines and I want to go back because when I asked the other question, there was, you did a little giggle, Madison. I want to lean into that a little bit. When I asked mm-hmm. how breakups work in the polyamory world, I want you to answer that. And it sounds like what you're saying is there was a real pivotal moment, sort of a defining moment at the Deep Force Party is what you're saying that transitioned your relationship from one thing to another. Would would you say that's accurate, Madison? Yeah, that that is accurate. And I giggled because 
you know, I, I have never broken up with anyone. The last yeah. person I broke up with was my ex-girlfriend before my, before my husband, the, the man that I met and I chose to marry. So I, I actually am like giggling because I don't know if people break, I imagine people do break up in, 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 even in the, in polyamorous relationships. But for me, that doesn't exist in the language. There's just a transmutation that happens. There's okay. a, there's a, there's a, a, a rebirth. You can, a, you can be fluid in that relationship. So first and foremost, the foundation of friendship, that friendship's not going away. So we're, if you want to put a label on it, we're friends, right? We happened to also be having sex, right? And so we have this sexy lovership. And so the sexy side of our lovership, the sexual exchange died, right? That ended. But for a new relationship to be born. Yeah. You know, and I've actually experienced that with several lovers, you know, in the intro, Katie, you, you, you gestured to my dozen lovers that I've had. And, and, and there has been a, a lot around the same time, transmute, transmuting a lot of my relationships that were maybe a little bit more focused on the sexual side and just being in communication with them and saying, Hey, look, you know, right now my values are really well-being, family, and my own fulfillment. And so I, something that we teach in our course um, is this idea of creating value-based boundaries. And so alongside my journey with Will and transmuting our relationship into a certain, a new dynamic, I was actually doing that with several other people as well because what I was realizing is I'm not in this space and so I need to align get realigned with what my values are so that I can create boundaries that really allow me to stand powerfully in those values and speak mm-hmm. my truth inside of those values. So it was really beautiful with, with Will was, you know, after the deep forest party, Will reached out to me to hang out. And I was able and, to... And for, the, for those people listening yeah. who don't know what the Deep Forest Party is... I was just is. about... Hang on. Before we go back to Deep Forest Party, <laughs> unless you're a patron, you may not really know what it is. You don't know what the Deep Forest Party is. We should take a moment to create what the Deep Forest Party is. Yeah. Lindsay, you you throw it every year, right? Is that... I, yeah, I mean, a, I've never a, even been. So it's, it's a party. Not, it's, it's, it's not a party. It is a... I guess the best word to describe it would be like a micro festival. Um deep in the woods with a, um, all my favorite people. And we go out to the middle of the woods. We set up, you know, my boyfriend is a lighting designer. We set up $20,000 worth of lighting, like LED, like art, like it's like a art installation in the middle of the woods. We have everyone, it's a very burning man ethos, radical self-reliance. Everyone comes, it's a gifting culture. So everyone brings a gift. Like one year we had people set up um, a spa and brought massage tables and misters and manicure pedicures. We have DJs come. We have people do Pilates classes for all of us. We have people do live music performances. We have people cooking amazing meals. And it's really just a safe space for us to um, express ourselves however we want to with fashion, with art, with deep conversation, with other sparkly things, <laughs> and um, and just be in this really safe container. And it was born out of the pandemic because we had every, like 
Every festival was not happening that year. Burning Man wasn't happening that year. There were no concerts and we were just starving for art and connection. So I said, you know what? Fuck it. Why don't we throw our own micro festival? So 20 of us got COVID tested and went into the middle of the woods for four days and thus the Deep Forest Party was born and now it's and it a is, thing. <laughs> and it is like a sex positive, sexy kind of event too. Um, that's not the main focus. I mean, mm-hmm. what I would say is it's radical inclusion. If that's somebody's truth and they and they want to be sex positive, no one's going to judge them. Um, but at the last one, there wasn't really much sex. It's just, I would say it's a radical inclusion. Like nothing is judged. Yeah. People's expression, some people have a, a more, maybe a sexual self-expression or their yeah. self-expression includes their sex positivity, but that's not like a criteria. Like, look, I'll put it this way. If someone attendee. walks out of their tent naked, no one's going to blink twice. You know what I mean? Like no one's going to care. Like, yes. So in that way, yes, it's sex positive, but we're not like, it's not like an orgy in the middle of woods. That's not what it is. (laughs) No, I'll add something to that too, because I'm a newcomer, uh, you know, to this. This is my first time. And it was, I never really thought deeply about self-expression. And I don't think self-expression is something that, you know, you think about. I think self-expression was what happens naturally when you stop thinking. And for me to go there and just observe, like, I mean, they make fun of me because I had a notebook out most of it. And I was just, I was taking notes. So I was like, man, this is some good stuff. And I really saw, and I tried on and I took on this power that you get, this thing that you tap into when you're self-expressed, that's unlike anything else. And that never made sense to me because it does not make sense logically, but trying that on and, you know, picking up some of the practices that I have since it, my life is completely, looks, looks completely different than it did before that. And the way that I view self-expression, the way that I view other people's self-expression as like their genius is amazing. And I got that from this event. What are some of the practices you picked up? Yeah, so uh, a mutual friend there had something called a dragon staff. And the moment I saw it, I was like, what is that? That's awesome. And it's like this long carbon fiber staff that has this rubber grip and it has these spokes on the end of it that you can light on fire. He had an LED attachment because there's like no fires in the forest in the middle of the summer fair. We were not and bringing so anyway, fire <laughs> no, yeah. up to the campsite. <laughs> I picked that up and he's just, he did it in front of me. And if you like just Google like dragon staff, um, like videos, it's insane. I was like, I want to do that. And at the headspace I was in, I set that intention so deep. I then went and immediately bought one. It came in the week, mail a couple of weeks later. And since then, I've been practicing like one to two hours a day. And every time I see it, it's like one of the things in my life. I don't have to practice it. I get to. It is a joy. It is a pleasure. It puts me into flow immediately. And it's like my access to that energy just by picking something up. And it's mm, that's really cool. fascinating. And Will is right. He did practice with the dragon staff for weeks, but the first time he ever did it with fire was at my house. <laughs> which is not burnt That's down right. for the record. So which was I was literally, so our other friend Josh was there who is very experienced and he he like had a hose ready and everything. Like we were, I was still like so nervous because. And Josh was saying, like, watch his face when the fire, like, actually goes up. And I remember looking at your face and there was this moment you were like, oh, shit. Like, there's, because there's this, it's a lot of fire and it's on both sides of your head. And you're like, like, you've got to be really responsible with it. So, yes, his first attempt with fire was in my backyard. You did not burn my house down. Thank you so much for that, Will. (laughs) What a fun story. I love that. Mm. Yeah. Um, 
Anyways, mm. okay, so this, that's what the Deep Forest Party is and a little fun nugget about one of Will's many talents. Um, mm. And so I did have a question for you. One thing that I love the word that you guys keep using, transmuted. And I love this concept of um, fluidity in the poly world. And I'm also like si- sitting here, like I can hear our listeners. Okay, so, and I can relate to this, right? Even in a fluid world, if you are completing a sexual relationship, there is something that completes with that. And there might be some grief that comes up with that or just like when in the poly community, when you do decide to end a sexual relationship, is there a grieving period? Is there, did you guys need to take some space away from each other? Like, how does that work? Mm. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. And I'm not, I'm not sure I, I see it like it's sort of like, you know, fits this box where the light was on and the light was off, right? It's like the light switch, the lights just changed color would be the best way that I can put it. And so there's like, there's, there's an agreement. And it was really interesting that it was mutual. Like that, that attraction that was there, like got cut off by something somehow, right? But really it was transmuted into something else. And in that, at that event too, I, I tried on this idea that I'm calling diamond theory of personality, that our personalities have many sides and the work from one life to another is to polish those sides. And I saw, oh, Madison and I, we just shifted. We just turned. We have different sides facing each other. And if you're going to make a commitment to be somebody's lifelong friend, right? At least me, I want to get to know all the sides of somebody. I don't want to be living in an illusion where I'm just getting to see the person that they are most comfortable showing off. I want to see Mm -hmm. the parts of them that they're not comfortable. I want to see the parts of myself that I'm not comfortable. I want to show off those parts. And so I think that's how the dynamic, like that's how I would describe it in language, but it is a very tough thing to put into language, sort of how our relationship has been evolving. Mm. Okay. And what about for you, for you, Madison, was there a moment, Mm -hmm. you know, it sounds like there was something or just some decision happened at the Deep Forest Party after that experience. Was there like, how did the transition go for you? Did you need some space and time to sort of process or how, how did that work for you? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I say that I ne- I needed some space from the what would feel like it would fall uh, pull us into an existing dynamic versus the shifted dynamic, and so for me, you know, my my best friends, I love that my new friend Will like met all my best friends and had um, access to gaining expanding his friend group. And, you know, for a little bit after though, you know, if there was going to be a small gathering with my best friends, I was kind of like, hey, can we not, you know, can, can, can this be just a container of the six of us or the eight of us? You know, it's super exciting, but I do need a little space from this person right now so I can be uh, clear in my energy with this person because I don't want to send mixed signals. And, um, you know, so yeah, there was a moment, uh, but that kind of ended quickly. And then soon after, every time I've hung out with Will has been in community parties, events. I mean, I threw a retreat in Hawaii, a transformational retreat in Hawaii. And guess who was the first fucking person to register? <laughs> Will. You know, so <laughs> I echo what Will said and like the color of the lights changed. But yes, I do think that, you know, there was a, a natural moment of space that was taken, even from hanging out in friend groups for a short period, but it shifted. And it wasn't like a, uh, uh, 
the best way I can say is that, you know, one of our distinctions in our course is commitment. Mm-hmm. And our commitment is, you know, it's, it's our commitment. It's who we are for ourselves, others, and the world. And I really felt like standing from my commitment, I can take space because I know I'm committed to being this person's friend. I can take space and not make it mean anything other than exactly what that is. And can you say what your commitment is for our listeners who haven't done our uh, Sex and Empowerment Signature Masterclass yet? Yeah. So my commitment is to presence people to their greatness. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. And and I do know that the two of you are have both really studied ontology, what it is to be human and communication. Um, was there anything specifically that the two of you did together to have you transmute this? Like, how did you work through this and get to where you are now? Was there, you know, if there was one thing that we could give our listeners, because communication is in any relationship, not just polyamorous ones, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Well, um, Will, do you mind if I kick it off here? Sure. Yeah, I... I think the most, like what I enjoy most about our relationship is that there's no, the time box on it is our life, right? There's no deadline we're trying to meet. There's no points we're trying to put on the scoreboard. And so how I personally do that is I got to, I really tried on, how can I see, you know, Madison through as many lenses? How can I discover through building trust as many sides of her, maybe even the ones she doesn't want me to see, so I can, can get to know her more as a full person. And inside of that, I think it's, you know, sort of right back at me. She was able to see me in different environments in different contexts. And we were able to get to see each other, not so much just like, you know, hey, we met in like one chapter and one scene of our movies, but we're like, like main characters, our own movies, starting to get to know each other. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Madison, anything you want to add? I mean, for, I'm just present to how wild this is. I mean, a lot of people like might be like, wait, what? You guys used to fuck and now you're like able to be friends and talk about it? This is weird. But I, I just want to echo like the opportunity to um, to really step outside of yourself when you're in, if you're in a similar situation and there's someone that you are seeing um uh, that you stop seeing romantically um, to step outside of yourself in that situation um, because there's a reason that you appreciated that person. Um, and if there wasn't any sort of, you know, abusive um, interaction and there was just a natural disconnection, um, you know, I, to really look at, well, what was my appreciation for this person and what, what was my attachment? How, what, what was the attachment in which I perceived them? You know, so, you know, looking at how we, we see people one way, but to what Will's saying is we have so many sides to our diamonds. And, um, you know, when we're all mirrors for each other. And so if there's a part of someone that we don't like anymore, I don't know, I would ask yourself, is there a part of yourself that you see that in yourself that you'd lack compassion for. Mm. Because what we don't like in other people or that triggers us in other people is usually a, something that we're not straight with ourselves about. 
something that we're actually resisting within ourselves, And that's the conversation for compassion, which is a huge tool uh, we talk about in the Sex and Empowerment Signature Masterclass course, which is really how to expand our capacity for compassion. And that that's an inside job that then goes outward. So if you ever find yourself saying, oh, I have compassion for that person, but the energy's not matching those words, um, that's not compassion. Compassion is wow, I have, I'm going to create space in myself to have compassion for that within me. And now I can actually have compassion for the other person. Yeah, and one thing that I, I did notice with the two of you, and even in preparation for this episode, and I, I would say, you know, when you're transmuting something, whether you're labeling it a breakup or, you know, creating something new, whatever it is, I think a lot of people think, oh, that happens in one conversation, I had the breakup conversation and that's it. I think in life, one of the most important things which you guys did is to continue to have conversations, like continue to be in communication with each other. Like even before this episode, you guys both realized, okay, there's some, we really want to enter into the episode with like a powerful clearing. And you guys had a 30 minute call even before this episode. And it's just a really, such a great example of being able to just continue. And if, you know, both people have that commitment to stay in communication, it can make such a huge difference in many different types of relationships. Definitely. And actually two nights ago, Will and I had, I think one of our most transformative conversations yet, because, you know, we, there was a rupture and a a loss of trust that, um, that showed up for us uh, uh, from the deep forest party and after that had us then alter the, uh, the structure. But then, you know, when I mentioned Will came to the Hawaii retreat, there was an opportunity to build that trust, you know? And so when we go out of communication with people, we literally take away the opportunity to bond, which is where trust is born. Even if those conversations are hard, Right. And allowing Especially those conversations if they definitely to are get hard. messy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So That's two, where the juice is. And two nights ago, Will on the phone, you know, he, I really acknowledged him for even having the awareness to ask me this. But he was like, I know that we're connected and we've had wonderful experiences since, but is there anything incomplete still? Is there anything left unsaid? And I realized, yeah, maybe so, maybe so. And so we we actually got to go through the whole journey of our ever-evolving relationship. And, you know, so yes, it does happen over time, over the course of, of conversations. And each conversation we, we self-reflect together, we just create more trust and more connection and more intimacy and more appreciation to the point where we're creating things in the world together now, you know? And so what are you creating together now? So Madison and I both have a shared passion for being a bridge between multiple different communities and, you know, being the the bridge of the, you know, sort of spiritual festival sort of, you know, meditation and then the business world. And I think sometimes in the world, those are two separate environments. And with this new space that I've created as like a, you know, conscious co-working space, we're like, hey, we can probably host some pretty cool events here. And so Madison and I have started to put our heads together and we've got a date and a location. We're actually opening it up and inviting to anybody who's in L.A. or surrounding L.A. and wants to travel for this day 
to do, I think we're still working on the name, but like a, uh, like a brand exploration, like extraordinaire where people get to discover through different creative outlets, a side of themselves that maybe they didn't see before. And then how can they take that little nugget away from that and use that inside of their offering to the world such that they can give a little piece of themselves to every single person they serve, no matter what their business is. And to do that in an event that is just so multidimensional and can create, include so many different modalities of art and community and deep conversation. So Mm. that's a little teaser about what we're creating. Mm-hmm. Amazing. That's yeah, so and, exciting. That's and awesome. something that I don't know that I've shared with our Clitorati uh, ever before, but I have a community that I started when the pandemic hit called Consciouspreneurs. And what it is, is it's really a space for people to have community around their business. You know, when the pandemic hit, before the pandemic hit, I was that busy at a party who... You know, everyone's at the party and no matter what conversation I'm in, I'm talking to someone about their business. It's just what I love to talk about. I love asking people, what are you up to in the world? What do you do? And then people just open their hearts and tell me about their passion-driven business. And so that was always my conversation as at a party. I didn't realize other people weren't having that conversation at parties. <laughs> like I didn't realize I was different, right? So when the pandemic hit and we went into lockdown, I just thought of all of my friends that I know that have their own businesses that are based off their passion. And I was like, oh no, everyone's going to feel alone and not realize that we're actually all in this place together. And so I decided to create this online space that meets every week on Zoom for the extended community to come together to do breathwork and meditation and to get into alignment and then to do awesome think tanks on people's businesses from the perspective of branding and marketing. So Consciouspreneurs has been a baby of mine. I didn't know that I was going to continue doing it two years later, but it's still a part of my life and it's where most of my clients come from. And I'm so grateful for just the space it's been for me to show up every week and and be a change maker for the community of business owners that I know in LA. And so when Will um, shared with me that he had opened up a co-work space in Venice, which is my old hometown, I was like, here's yet another expansion of our friendship. Do you want to partner on an event and do uh, a Consciouspreneur's event at your space? And so this will be a branding think tank with an awesome uh, creative after party, I would say, and an opportunity to really get into a heart-centered, open space around your business and have community around your business. So anyone who has a passion-driven business, meaning you started a business based off something you love, this would be an incredible opportunity. Or if you've wanted to start a business and you haven't started one, but if you wanted to do something around something that you really care deeply about, this will be an amazing opportunity to come and meet other people who are in that same conversation. Amazing. Well, let us know, Will, if you ever want to have a live sex podcast at your co-working space event. That sounds like fun. (laughs) All right. Yes. Amazing. Well, thank you both for coming on today and just being willing to share so vulnerably. Will, thank you so much for letting us know you're the real Justin Bieber Jr. It's Will. It's Will. <laughs> um, thank you for just coming on with you us today. You are so cute like him though. That's like why Justin I said Bieber. it. That's I was why like, we originally he's, he's like, thought of it. Because <laughs> you are, it was a compliment, Will. It was supposed <laughs> to be a compliment. <laughs> it was supposed to be, but but your Will is way better than Justin Bieber Jr. Um, anyways, thank you guys both so much for coming on and sharing mm. your story. I think that you know, whether people are in a polyamorous relationship or any type of relationships, there are through lines here in this conversation that can make a difference for anybody. And that is 
why we have these conversations. Um, and we just really appreciate you, Will, being come on and letting the world know who you really are. You can, If you hop on our YouTube, you can see his cute face and all of us chatting on the YouTube channel. <laughs> he just stuck his tongue out at me. Um, and, um, and yeah, and uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for coming on. Mm. Yeah, yes, it's, been, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Good. Yeah, um, I, I deeply enjoy the hot seat, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you guys like stepped up to the plate. I, I'm really impressed with yeah. the way that you guys are able to communicate your experience. Yeah. Amazing. All right. Well, Clitorati, with that being said, we will see you next Tuesday. Bye. If you liked this and are curious about our Clit Talk curriculum, we have a wait list for our upcoming free workshops and our Sex and Empowerment Signature Masterclass in 2022. Nothing like starting the new year guided by pleasure. Sign up for the wait list to come tap into your pussy sanctuary with Katie, myself, Sugar, and Lindsay at www.clittalkshow.com backslash waitlist. That's clittalkshow.com backslash waitlist.